Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Brew Church Podcast. My name is Fabian. I am your host, and I'm glad that you are listening. If you would, please hit the plus button on Apple Podcasts or subscribe on Spotify as a way to help more people find this audio content. This audio is recordings from our Sunday gatherings. And if you would like to support what happens here on this podcast or in the Brew Church community in general, there's a giving button in the description of this. Uh, We hope that this is helpful for you and that you gain some good tools to lead to a life of abundance. Enjoy. So as Krista mentioned, we're going to talk a little bit about tonight. Um, What is the point of this whole like church thing? Especially if this is obviously just my opinion. You may be in a different place, but I don't really think that um, church is a place where you come to like get saved from this place called hell. That's just my opinion. Or uh, the place where you come where one person or a small group of people know all the answers. And so you show up so that they can tell you all the answers. So if you don't have those things, what are we even doing here? Like, why would we come into a building and sing songs and, like, be with other people? So that's kind of what we're talking about. Because, um, at least for me, those aren't critical parts. Um, And so, yeah. Uh, But first I want to talk a little bit about um, a great, wonderful documentary. Um, Have you guys, do you guys remember the documentary Mean Girls? That's a stupid joke. I, I wasn't sure if I wanted to do that one, but uh, <laughs> uh, it's a joke. Obviously, Mean Girls is not a documentary. It's a teen comedy, but it comes close uh, because I, th- I feel like it does a great job of capturing that like high school experience when you're this angsty teen and you're like showing up to this you know building full of people that can be really mean and toxic, but also can be some of the best friends that you will ever have and everything in between. Um, so that's why I think it's uh, closer to a documentary than a fiction film. Uh, And one of the things that I uh, think it captured well was that cafeteria experience. Just like going into the cafeteria and wondering where the hell am I going to sit? Like, where am I supposed to go? Especially if you're a new person and you don't know anybody and you're like, I don't I don't know which seats are open seats and like how do I do this? Do I just wait at the end of the line so then everybody gets their seat, but then maybe I don't have a seat. Maybe I sit with weird people and they won't like me, or maybe, you know, I sit somewhere and somebody comes and tells me to move or like flips my food. Like I don't know what's gonna happen. So there's that scene in uh Mean Girls where uh and Krista and I were arguing about this and I went and watched it and it's actually a map. Uh where <laughs> where um the one of uh, Lindsay Lohan's friends hands her a map of the cafeteria with all the tables labeled of what groups sit where, which would have been really nice as a freshman in a brand new school district to have a map of where you're supposed to sit so you don't make the mistake of sitting at the wrong table. Um, because it's intimidating, like I said. And the moment you find that spot, you just hold on to it for dear life, right? Like you just don't let it go because you don't want to lose that spot. Um, when I moved to a brand new school district my freshman year, I, I was really nervous because I had no idea how this experience would go. I didn't know, you know, who I would make friends with. I didn't know how people would receive me. And... Uh, it actually ended up going really well 
like people were super kind at Liberty Junior High School. So shout out to all the people that greeted me and that were nice to me. Like even some of the quote unquote cool people like talked to me that one day, but then like didn't talk to me again. So, you know, it happens like that. Um, But yeah, they were really kind. And I just remember feeling accepted. I remember feeling the sense of belonging right away, which was huge as a freshman in a brand new school district when I haven't been around these people throughout middle school and elementary school like a lot of them had been with each other. I I remember that feeling very deeply. Um, And I kind of uh, probably manipulated that day a little bit because uh, some people would like ask me questions about myself and I told lies. Like I told uh, one one varsity soccer player that I was really good at soccer. I had never played competitive soccer, (laughs) so I had no idea if I was actually good at soccer. Um, That was a horrible way to handle that. But I just remember that feeling of being accepted, kind of like Lindsay Lohan's character was accepted by those two people in the movie. It matters when someone, even one person, says, hey, you, (laughs) I'm curious about you. I want to connect with you. I want to get to know you more. This desire to belong is normal. And it's not just a desire, a feeling that we have as anxious teenagers trying to make friends. It's a deeply held human thing. It's normal to want to connect with other people. It's normal to want to feel like somebody wants you there wherever you're at. It's that question, does someone care enough about me to connect with me? It's a real question. And I think that's where church comes in. I think that church can be a place of belonging, that it can be this place of acceptance. It can be this place where we acknowledge each other And we acknowledge that we're all on this journey. We're just trying to figure things out. We're all on our way towards something. We're all growing in some way or another. But if you were to ask most people, that's not their experience of church. That's not how they would describe church. In fact, instead of being a place of belonging for many people, the church maybe is quite the opposite. It's been a place of judgment, condemnation. Maybe it's a place that has caused harm or shame has tended to exclude more than it tends to include. And that feeling of shame or people being suspicious or having judgment of you can stick with us. Because if I still remember how good I felt walking into Liberty Junior High and in that first hour history class where people were super kind to me in 2006, then imagine how long it sticks with you when you feel the opposite of that, when you don't feel accepted and welcomed and like people actually care about you. Maybe some of you have felt that. Maybe some of you still carry that feeling. Maybe it still hurts to think about that one community that you were a part of that no longer accepts you, that you left for one reason or another. Maybe you did belong for a really long time And then things started to change about you, and the moment that you were honest about that, it was like, nope, you don't ask that question there. Or nope, we're not going to accept and love those kind of people here. 
so you got to go do it somewhere else or maybe you just stop like getting invited to things and just slowly but surely you just feel that group of people that you once used to be so connected with just almost like ghosting you you know but collectively ghosting you i don't know if that's a thing but um collective ghosting um i'm gonna name it that i think that there's something really meaningful about a community of people where you belong where you are accepted where you're valued where your story matters and where you can talk about things like spirituality and faith because we can get that sense of belonging maybe in other places um, but the thing that's unique about a church that gets paired with it is it's a place where you talk about your values and what you believe and you kind of do that together with a group of people i think there's a value to that and the early christian communities kind of had some of that they were known for gathering all kinds of people to the table you had the rich the poor slaves free jews gentiles women men and so many others and it was such a unique type of gathering that there's this guy named Celsus who, uh, this was his commentary on the early Christian communities. Uh, he said that it was a silly religion fit only for the uneducated slaves and women, which tells you what kind of group they were. And paired that with sociological studies, that confirm that most of the people that were part of these early faith communities, early Christian faith communities, came from a lower socioeconomic status. And then on top of that, there were other commentators that weren't named Celsus that called the gatherings effeminate because it had so many women. Think about the fact that what's now a mostly patriarchal religion, well, not mostly, it is a patriarchal religion, was once called effeminate because it had too many women that were a part of it. That's crazy. But that tells us something about these groups, that they were groups of people who didn't belong in other places, so they said, well, we're going to create a place of belonging for ourselves here. We don't belong there, so we're going to belong here. I think that is what church community can be at its best, is a group of people that says, well, maybe I don't belong there. Maybe I don't fit in that group, so we're going to create it here and belong together. And some of the things that they would do at these things, would they, would, they would eat, they would celebrate, they would tell stories, they would laugh, they would debate, they would uh, do their religious practices. Um, and Barbara Brown Taylor talks about some of these religious practices in a really beautiful way, so I just wanted to share this quote. Uh, she said, Jesus didn't give them something to think about together when he was gone. Instead, he gave them concrete things to do, specific ways of being together in their bodies that would go on teaching them what they needed to know when he was no longer around to teach them himself. Do this, he said. Not believe this, but do this in remembrance of me. So they would share meals. They would break bread. They would embody that acceptance that they learned from Jesus, who lived his life in such a way to welcome in people that were left on the margins that wouldn't have been a part of the normal communities at the time. That is the kind of faith that Christianity was. So it's interesting that 
in 2023, most faith communities don't necessarily resemble that, and they're more like this country club of people that seems to be judgmental and exclusive when it used to be a place of people that didn't fit in anywhere else creating a place for themselves. That's interesting to me. One of the stories that stuck around long enough to be written down that sort of captured this, uh, this was a story that they probably told themselves to remind themselves of that radical acceptance is the story of the woman at the well, which you might be familiar with. Uh, the, the story goes that instead of going to Samaria, um, people would go around Samaria uh, to avoid Samaria. Jews particularly would go around it, and Jesus takes his crew of people through Samaria because he's just like, F it, I'm going to go this way because, you know, I want to. And so he runs into a woman drawing water from a well in the middle of the day in this place called Samaria. And uh, she was most likely ostracized because you don't draw water when it's hot outside. Um, you go with the crowd of people that are all going together and chit-chatting and, you know, talking about their days and what they're going to do and all that stuff. That's when you would go draw water when it's, like, cool. But she was going in the middle of the day by herself, so she was ostracized by her community. Um, and my favorite interpretation or the one that sort of uh, speaks to me the most is that the reason she might have been ostracized is that she was unable to have children. And so she had been divorced multiple times in a patriarchal society where women couldn't initiate the divorce. Her husbands were divorcing her. And she was poss possibly ostracized because she was unable to have children. But the story doesn't say that. That's just an interpretation. But regardless, Jesus talks to her, which was a big deal because it was like a double whammy. She was both a Samaritan and a woman, and Jews didn't do that. Like, they didn't talk to those two group of people, but Jesus, instead of judging her, instead of avoiding her like everybody else, connects with her. This woman that probably was experiencing a lack of human connection was depraved of human connection because she was ostracized by her community. He decides to connect with her. And it seems like this question comes up, maybe for her, as she's experiencing this. If this person is truly the Messiah, the Son of God, if this person is speaking to me, what does that say about me? Maybe I, too, am beloved. Jesus had this knack for engaging with people that had been knocked down a pedestal, that had been ostracized, tossed aside, ignored, marginalized. And I think this story captures this experience that many people have had with church um, of being ostracized and experiencing shame and disconnection from a faith community. And Jesus decides to connect with her decides to engage with her. Jesus humanizes her, saw her as an equal. And I think that it was written down and circulated in these communities because it was the story that reminded them of maybe the belonging they experienced when they first became a part of these communities. It was a story that reminded them to be accepting, to be open, to be welcoming, to invite people to the table 
It's the story where a woman is given as much dignity as a man in a patriarchal society. It's a story that modeled what these early communities valued. And uh, something that I thought was interesting, too, to think about is a lot of people talk about how uh, she then, like, has this experience with this guy uh, with Jesus, and then she goes to her community and, like, tells him all about it and gets all excited. And uh, I, I like to think that um, she's, like, the most ostracized person in her community, and yet she's the one that brings the news of liberation and how to make a better society to her community that had ostracized her. And I'm thinking about what's happening right now in our culture and how the people that are experiencing the most pain right now are our transgender friends and how maybe we should be asking them how we can make our society better because they're the ones that are on the margins and so they're the ones that could teach us how to create a society that liberates everybody and creates a space for everybody. So I just thought that was interesting. A lot of people talk about her as like the first evangelist and I'm like, yeah, she was evangelizing to say, hey, let's make a world where I don't experience this anymore. (laughs) How about that? But those early communities were these pockets of resistance. They refused to abide by the status quo by this hierarchical system. They were places where everyone was an equal and where everyone was valued, seen, and heard, and where people gathered to remind each other that they are beloved. And so I think that's something that we can capture in this place, that it's a place where whoever walks in can come, have a seat at the table, and is seen as and equal, and where we remind each other that we're beloved and that we're valued and that we bring something to the world and that our story matters, that we're all on this journey and we create space for each other, kind of like a bunch of cafeteria tables where everyone belongs and there's no label needed to be able to sit at them. We might have our differences, but we can choose to see each other as equals. Um, There's this book called Searching for Sunday by this lady named Rachel Held Evans. And um, in it, she talks about, the book is basically about her leaving her evangelical church and how she wrestled to find, okay, what is the point of this whole faith and church thing as I'm leaving this really toxic version of it? where her father was a pastor, so it was like a big deal for her to leave. It was like a big public thing. Um, She's since passed away. But in one of the chapters, she talks about how, she talks about baptism and how for some people, baptism comes with all this like baggage about getting saved or something about, you know, whatever, dealing with the afterlife. But she reframed it as it was her being welcomed into the family a different kind of family, not biological family, but this family that you choose to get together with every once in a while, maybe, you know, Sundays. And with regardless of all the messiness that there is in there, you choose to come together because there's a value in sitting at the table and being around these people and loving and caring for each other and sharing each other what's going on in their, in their lives. And so I think it's a really beautiful way to reframe the whole idea of, like baptism, but I think just in general, the idea of church, 
that in some ways, like here at Brewed Church, we don't necessarily have like this like, oh, here's like the membership thing that you do. Now you're a Brewed Church member. But I think there's a value to like saying, you know what, this is my place. And this is the place I'm going to choose to go. And I'm going to choose to go there whenever I, you know, whenever I can or whenever I want to. But I choose this place and these people because I know there's going to be messiness. But we all recognize that we're all trying to figure it out. And so we do it together. It's like choosing your favorite bar and saying, I'm going to go to that bar. And that's the place I'm going to go. And sometimes they're going to make horrible craft brews. And sometimes they're going to make great ones. But I like the brand in general. And so I'm just going to keep going there because, you know, they're a local place. And I just want to support them. That's kind of what it is. That doesn't mean you are married to those places. But there's a value to saying this is my place. So that's, that's kind of what I want to leave us with, just this idea that we get to create a community where everybody belongs and where we find something meaningful in it. And so my hope is that we would create it together here. Thank you for listening to this episode. Peace and blessings, everyone.